yes, yes, yes. What's up? Two weeks. Yes. And it's episode... 54. And we are <laughs> the Run Duo. Duo. I'm Tommy Mitchell. And I am India Cook. It's just the two of us this time. I know everybody's all disappointed because Darrell's not here. But yes. Just, we, we got a good show back. for you. We we're got back. a good show for you. <laughs> it's we got an interview coming up. Great interview. Yes, um, with, with Kate Arsenault from Runner. Exactly. R-N-N-R. So, you know, Y'all have heard me talk about it. Stay tuned for that. But yes. also, we just got, I mean, it's like overnight, the running. Yes. Well, no, I can't just say the running world. The world kind of shifted yes. on us um and changed up you know a lot of stuff that we usually talk about right so and i think that that's something that's big with this episode tommy is that our focus and not, not everything about our focus but a lot of our stuff that we talk about on the podcast is running but guys we're not going anywhere because running is still happening even though racing may be limited you still can run you can still run and there's good stuff that we want to give you all so um there's things that we want to definitely talk about obviously no one's living under a rock any, any of our listeners and hope you all are listening to this episode because you may be quarantined at home self-quarantine <laughs> self-quarantine hopefully it's self-quarantine exactly um but, but if we they're definitely playing this in the hospital ward and they yeah. got you locked down. <laughs> we hope you enjoy it. And we are happy that they play it. Exactly. <laughs> Get your playoffs. Exactly. So listen, listen. But we do want to talk about COVID-19 and how that is impacting running. Um, and what are some things that you can do to kind of think about your um, upcoming races that I'm per- maybe hopefully will commence in the fall or midsummer? And let's just get right into it. Yeah. So, I mean, now, of course, we don't want to downplay no. what COVID-19 is. Mm-mm. Um, regardless of, you know, you know, what your neighbor or your brother or your cousin told you that it was mm-hmm. just the flu or whatever. I'm not an infectious disease doctor, so I can't tell you exactly what it is. All I can tell you is what, you know, is reported to us. Right. And you kind of have the numbers on yeah. where it is right now. Exactly. So as of, and I, and I, I want to preface before giving these numbers, this is as of March 17th at 4 p.m. Because things change. They are quick. literally changing by the minute, by the hour. And so these numbers could change. But in the United States, there are 4,226 cases and 75 deaths associated with it. Um, and 229 of those are travel related 245 are due to close contact and then the other 3752 are still under investigation so of course they are unsure right now as to how these individuals have contracted the um the virus virus. so that is kind of up in the air Mm -hmm. i know as of today they're saying no groups more than 10 um Staying away from people, washing hands like social crazy. Distancing social distancing is, is what the big word it. that they're yeah. calling it, which mm-hmm. is that they're saying six feet away from the person. Mm-hmm. So, of course, what does that mean for us? Like, what does that mean for running? Um, and, you know, what does that mean for our everyday lives? Exactly. And it definitely, um, the running part, not just in the United States, just all across the world. I mean, it started, I think, because I think we talked a little bit about when Tokyo got canceled. Yes. I think we talked a little bit about it. I, I don't think in our minds at that point we were thinking, well, yeah, Tokyo, it's it's close to the epicenter of where the virus came from. We can understand that. Right. And honestly, in my mind, mm-hmm. I thought as far as races, that was going to be it. Right. But we're finding out now that we were lucky actually to get the Olympic trial under our belt. Like exactly. That, that, that happened. Yeah, that was exactly. the, to what I call a blessing. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that was like right on the heels of, you know, what came next. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly, Tommy, 
we did not do Tokyo. We did a disservice to Tokyo. We, we didn't, didn't even about talk about Tokyo. Um, Tokyo did happen. Um, and although it was just elites that ran, no general population was able to win, run, excuse me. We didn't, we didn't discuss it. And I think it was definitely off of my radar because of that. I wasn't personally impacted by Tokyo, be- but I did know probably about seven or so people from the um, Atlanta running community that were impacted by Tokyo. But of course, when it doesn't impact you, you don't think directly about it as much. Yeah. And it's not as close. You don't think about it as much and you don't highlight it um, as much. So I, I apologize, Tokyo, quote unquote, for yeah. like disservicing you for that. But Tokyo did take place. Yeah. Tokyo did take place. Um, yes. Just a little, you know, uh, shrunk down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, pretty much it has impacted all the world majors except yes. for Berlin, as far as I can tell. Yes. Well, so Chicago is still as scheduled. New okay. York is still as scheduled. However, we know that Boston has been. Well, let me just go down the lineup since because I want I want our listeners to kind of put this in perspective. And for those that are not aware, the world majors are six very big races that are put on. And they're kind of not kind of, but they're kind of the highlights yeah. of the running community within um, for marathoners. I should say yeah, um, a lot of people, runners, if you're not yeah. running marathons, you more than likely don't give two flips about these races. You but, give it. You give it. <laughs> I know when I was not running marathons, I was not focused on it. But anyway, so Boston has been transitioned or postponed until September 14th. Berlin is September 27th. London is October 4th. Chicago is still scheduled for October 11th. And New York is still scheduled for November 1st. So if you think about those dates, so you have September, September, October, October, and then November. They are literally a week or so apart from each other. Now, that might not be great if you're trying to run those. But that's going to be some exciting TV. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be very exciting ex- TV for us. You know, based on, you know, who, of course, is mm-hmm. running what, because the Olympics is in there somewhere. It's expected to be in August, but I yeah. don't know how how that's going to go. But yeah. the, the Summer Olympics is expected to be in August. So this could be a very, 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 very fun end of summer, beginning of fall mm-hmm. uh, for, for marathon enthusiasts. Right. Right. And for those, and I do know a couple people that are running Boston, uh-huh. um, that are doing Boston, Chicago, New York, or whatever. Like there's, I know a good 10 people that are kind of running either two or three of those races that I just yeah. named. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be out of town for the weekend every other week. I don't know how they're doing it with the coins, but congratulations <laughs> to people that can do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I know. So all over social media, I've been hearing nothing i've been hearing a lot about people discussing the race races being um canceled postponed etc i don't know why i have been seeing limited communication as to how these people can shift their training so that they are not one overtraining like just because overtraining is a thing like yeah. I think people yeah. don't realize that I think people focus so much on under training uh-huh. and that they're like pumping it out. They're doing all these training plans. They're doing this is that and the other, but Boston was expected to be in April. Like these races were, you're more than likely if you train for those races, you were some of them like Boston London, you were more than halfway through your training cycle. If you did a 12 to 18 week training cycle, more than likely you may have been closer to the end of your training cycle to do those races. So in my mind, I know a lot of runners are very frustrated because you have put months worth of training into getting to these races. And now it has postponed for months down the road. Exactly. Let me tell you something. (laughs) If I had done the Hanson marathon training Mm -hmm. cycle and it Dude. Right. Dude. 
But we we put it to put the good spin on it. Mm-hmm. All training. If it's you're not tra- wasted. If, if, yeah, if you've trained for a marathon, you didn't mm-hmm. waste it. Now, mm-hmm. you may have to. Now, I know India has some stuff to talk about to kind of give you some ideas of what she's learned about overtraining and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not wasted. You trained mm-hmm. for a marathon. Shoot, go run 26 miles if that makes you happy. But right. my point is, you did not waste it. You got in better shape. And if you taper back, go back to your regular running base and then ramp up again, mm-hmm. it's not wasted. Right. So, of course, yes, Tommy, that is an option. Like mm-hmm. some people I have heard, and guys, myself as well as Tommy, we are not run coaches. I did mm-hmm. reach out to a one run coach and I'll give you the options that they talked about. But the one option that I talked about, that I thought about was if you're a badass, Keep training for what you for race day and then do it. Do a un uh, what is it? Uncertified run of twenty six point two miles or 13 miles or whatever your race was supposed to be. Yeah. Go do it to do a time trial to see where you're at. Exactly. You know, and, and for some people like myself, like if this was me, I would not do that because Lord knows I don't need to be running to twenty six point two miles in, my, in, in, the, in a year. Uh-huh. But that's just where my fitness is. Yeah. And I think it just depends on where you are if you're used to busting down 20 miles every other week then of course if you're gonna do 26.2 miles and keep it moving and then train up again for the for the actual race day then do so but i just my issue is i don't want and this is for everyone that's listening you're not losing your fitness meaning that you did this work for a reason. I'm pretty sure anytime someone marathon trains, you learn something about yourself. Yes. So at the end of the day, you learn something about yourself. I'm pretty sure you had some discipline set in there. So you're probably in a healthier shape. You're more fit. And quite frankly, runners, you are in a better position if anything happens with illness to fight off this stuff. Because as mm-hmm. runners, it's about having a strong immune system to be able to fight off the stuff that's going on. Anyway, that was my little rant, but (laughs) some other options. Um, I did reach out to, um, McCarty McCarty trained and he is a trainer. He does some of the elites online, but he basically said you really would need to shift your mindset so that you don't overtrain. And what he means by that is that you may need to shift your mindset to a 10 K race. Like, instead of a marathon time frame so that mm-hmm. you can shrink down your timing and that you don't feel like your fitness is wasted. So rethinking about it and rethinking about your time frame and your mindset and then changing your long run, something that he suggested was changing your long runs to a maximum of a hundred minutes. So whatever your, your hundred minute is mm-hmm. for running, that would be your maximum of long run. So he really stressed you don't want to overdo your long run. So you don't, overexert your body and then you're in a training cycle for a year yeah exactly (laughs) and i think that's what's what my concern is in regards to overtraining is that individuals that have been training they're going to be training for a year because the majority of people started you know and i may be exaggerating may be a little shy of a year but mentally you may be training for that long a time for this one particular race yeah so ensuring that you're not doing that some people are also expressing go ahead and taper back take a couple weeks off and then go back to build your base. So I think yeah. a lot of people forget or don't or skip the step of building a base when they're doing marathon training. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this marathon. But then you don't really have a base and you're just kind of out there pumping out miles and you're having more crappy runs than good ones. And I think this is the time that you want to ensure that you are building a base and also working on the fitness that or working on the areas that you know are weak. Mm-hmm. So if you know that 
during any other time, you would be, you're bad with strength training. So you don't do your strength training. This is a perfect time to be at home doing some body, body weight squats. Just use your body weight to get your fitness together. Yeah. As well as heels or whatever it is. Whatever you seem to neglect when it's really serious time with marathon training, this is a time to get that in order. So when you ramp back up your miles to really prepare for the marathon, you are ready. Exactly. So, of course, having something six to eight weeks out um, to kind of build up. And, again, this depends on your fitness. If you need to do a full 18-week training plan again or a 12-week training plan, that's on you. Um, but I think that is very important to also give yourself a break and kind of decompress from all of the things that are going on right now because we also know that stress and everything and being overwhelmed, being frustrated, a lot going on can impact your running um, all in one. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, and, and you know, I'm coming from a place of I've run a marathon before. Mm-hmm. I, I feel for people that maybe they were preparing for their first marathon. Mm-hmm. And I think this information you're given is really good, really for them. Cause maybe they don't even understand mm-hmm. like somebody who's run a marathon before they might be able to kind of, okay, I've run I'm a marathon. Take a step back. Yeah, yeah. Or I've run like I've run two in a year and mm-hmm. I, okay. So I've done all this training. I'll just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. This is your first time. Maybe even mentally you're kind of lost. Like mm-hmm. uh, what, what do I do? So this is kind of the information that will help you. Right. And I think, so honestly, now that you mentioned that, so this was me running my first marathon. Uh-huh. I would, I would, take a week or like I would take literally take a step back yeah I mean of course and you won't lose a fitness after a week you you won't lose a fitness after a week especially if you're continuing to eat right and you're still moving Uh something is better than nothing is what I tell people all the time something is better than nothing if you just stop running and you're sitting on the couch eating Twinkies all day then of course you're gonna feel like crap when you start start back at it yeah but if this was my first marathon I literally probably would take a week off or something and then I would go back to low mileage but what you also want to not do is don't um if you don't properly taper off meaning coming off of your miles and then you get six six to eight weeks out from race day and then you ramp up miles immediately you don't want to do that so you what i'm saying is that you want to build up and not just cut everything back immediately and you also don't want to um to ramp up the miles too quickly because you can cause injury true yes Mm -hmm. very much so so definitely thinking about those things not overtraining, and also just think about it it's running i know it's and it's an individual sport and running is not going anywhere. And I think that's the beauty of running. I know yeah. we get frustrated with racing, but at the end of the day, you can still run. You can still go do a 5K. You can still go do a 13.1. And we have to be open-minded and blessed that we can do that. Yeah. And if you're in Atlanta, the weather is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect time to get out there and mm-hmm. get a run. Mm-hmm. And again, you won't waste your fitness. So no, tra- Look, I, I have told people that don't even run marathons that said, I want to drop such and such a time. I want to do this. Train for a marathon. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's ever talked to said after they train for a marathon, every person. one of their mm-hmm. times on any of their distances mm-hmm. all dropped. So it's yeah. never it's never wasted. And I think it's a mindset too because you you realize that you've trained for a longer distance you're like oh i can get you you're stronger yeah you know more confident yeah physically stronger as well as mentally stronger because you've gone so much further exactly so i think that that's something and I, i tell myself i think once i get back to training for halves consistently 
my respect for half marathon training is going to be very different than full marathon training mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, I did double this. Like, oh, your long run is just six miles. Oh, long run exactly. Is just eight you miles? look at it like, Perfect. oh, is that the only? exactly? Oh, yeah, I got this. And for those that have not run a half marathon or a full marathon, that's what you have. You can look forward to. You don't just because you don't run halves and fulls does not mean that you're not a runner. But that is just an experience of people that have um, done a little bit more distance. Exactly. Now, let, we can look at the other side of this from from your point of view, because you signed up for, I mean, it's up to you if you want to say the name of the race or anything, mm-hmm. but you did sign up for a team, like, race. Yes, like and a I, don't relay. Mind, I don't mind sharing okay. it. So, uh, excuse me, guys. So, I actually signed up for a Selma to Montgomery relay race, and this was literally nine of us plus plus Bay. He was going to be driver. Uh, we Ooh. were actually... Ooh. <laughs> Braxton, stop it. Bay. Anyway. <laughs> Do not use that word on what? this podcast. Bay. Anyway, so y'all, y'all ignore Tommy. <laughs> so we were going to be running Selma to Montgomery <laughs> on this coming weekend, actually. It was going to be on the 20th. And we were running from Selma, Alabama, to Montgomery, Alabama, 51 miles. And it was going to be nine individuals splitting the 51 miles. So those miles were not evenly distributed. But the leg that I was going to run was the 5.1 mile. And then the highest leg was 8.3 miles. That was going to be J.R. Hughes. He was running those. And then we did have a three mile in there and a couple other like legs. So, of course, it because it was a relay, because it was out of state, it took a great deal of planning. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was one of those things where. I have been wanting to run the race for the last two to three years and schedule just did not permit. And this year schedule did permit. So I called a couple of my run friends and I say, Hey, do you want to do this? I wasn't pulling together a super competitive team because I wanted to just enjoy. Of course we were going to, pump out the miles Mm -hmm. but we didn't want it to be like we're trying to be the first group of individuals coming in but this race was very historical obviously where they did the march excuse me did civil rights march and it was very special and dear to me because of that but I put myself out there to organize this race which I usually would not do because I get all controlling and stuff Uh but to pull together and just being honest to pull together nine to ten people to to commit to a race months out can be difficult right so putting down money so the race was a hundred dollars um and then we had to talk about hotel fees as well as vans as well as all of those things not vans but Mm -hmm. pulling together a van so it did take a great deal of collaborating and putting together and the people that were on my team ended up committing um last october for the race Uh and so between october to march you were committing to blocking your weekend off to do this yeah so of course on march 10th we got an email from selma to montgomery team that said we don't have any plans of canceling this race the race is still going on Uh and then of course on what's today today's the 17th on sunday or last saturday we received the message that the race is canceled yeah um so of course for me i have been salty i'm a little bit better on not being salty um i think i was a little bit more salty salt no he didn't care um he was driving (laughs) he's not running so he didn't he didn't understand the 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 he's like oh so so i can do something else that weekend okay he like thank you we can stay home okay he's more of a homebody so he's like oh we can stay home oh my god um but for me not only the planning that went into organizing, getting the runners together and 
giving information, but we are not getting our refunds back. And that's a hundred dollars per runner. And of course that's not a hundred dollars that I paid for the runners. Each individual person paid it, but you know, of course it's money loss. Yeah. Right. So of course I am a little frustrated. I'm not going to lie. Like there's, there's frustration in there. Cause you feel like you just threw away a hundred dollars. Um, as well as time for planning, but the opposite end of it, I understand it. Like, yeah. bringing all these people together, we joked about it. We said, Lord, we hope you, we, we were joking and we said, if anybody cough or sneeze on this van, on this van you got to get out. You're walking. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we were joking about it, but, uh-huh. I mean, this was before the seriousness really yeah. kicked in over yeah. the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, this was really before all of that, like, the quarantine and all that stuff kicked in. This was before really, really, really was illustrated as being very serious. We were joking about it, but I completely understand. So I got that canceled as well as some uh, local five Ks have been canceled. Mm-hmm. So, and money loss. Yeah. Well, for once my late sign up worked in my favor. Well, yeah, you always talk about that. I am a late signer, but mm-hmm. I did had, I had signed up for the cherry blossom because it's lottery. That's, mm-hmm. that's really the only thing that ever makes me sign up early. Um, and honestly, Chair Blossom was trying their hardest not to cancel. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot they, of races didn't want to. They sent out a thing saying, well, they gave us a chance to defer at first. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to defer, like anybody defer, when you lose your money, but you don't have to do the lottery to, like next year. And I went ahead and did that. But mm-hmm. then, like, a couple of days later, they just canceled it. And mm-hmm. actually, they are actually refunding people's money if they want, or you can defer I forgot there was one other option. I don't know what that option could have mm-hmm. been, but oh, donate the money. Okay. You could donate the money to, you know, whoever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I deferred anyway, you know, and next year it's the day before my birthday. So oh, so you can yeah. make you a whole weekend. Yeah, it's going to be perfect. Cause I actually, this year, and the reason I decided to defer, because this year, I'm um I recently got a promotion. So I'm in training. Woo, woo, we need some class going on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> I recently got a promotion at my job. Um, and I was in, I'm in training, so I really can't miss any training. So it was going to be like fly out, you know what I'm saying? Fly right. in, fly out. So I wouldn't have been able to enjoy, enjoy DC anyway. DC. Mm-hmm. So next year will probably be more fun. I'll be able to bring the family and, you know, all that good stuff. So right. um, that works out. But um, like you said, you know, a lot of people lost money, but you talk to. Yes, I okay. talked to Tess. Uh-huh. So, um, of course, we, uh, Tommy and I, Obviously, a good friend of ours, Tess, she is a race director here in Atlanta. Um, This past on Monday, she posted a post on her YouTube page called Be Kind um, to Your Races. And if you would like to go on YouTube and find that clip, and again, that's Tess, and it was Be Kind to Your Races. And as a race director, she went on and she discussed why is it important to understand what the race directors go through to put on these races and why your money may or may not be refunded. So of course for me, I listened to the YouTube, but I text test and I said, listen, I need a little bit more detail. So just for our listeners, I want to help you to understand what it takes to put on a race and why there, we should be a little bit more kind. And I think the reason why Tess highlighted be kind to the race directors, because I have been on some of these pages and they are people cussing out race directors, being really nasty to race directors as to why they can't get their money back, why they can't just postpone the race instead of canceling it. Like just stuff that as if they really wanted to, or as if people, or as if the race directors are just taking their money. Yeah. And from a race director standpoint, that is not the case. Yeah. 
Um, so it has been explained that majority of time when we put when race directors put on these races, they are not waiting on our registration fees to get the process started. Like you can't. Mm -hmm. So our $35, our hundred dollars, they're not waiting. Majority of the time that money is paying for stuff that's already been paid for. So just to give you a little lens as to what money goes, what financially goes or is front loaded um, prior to us giving our registration fees. So you have to pay for permits. And of course that varies from County to County, as far as how much it costs, you do have your t-shirts and medals, but you have booth expenses at expos. You have marketing expenses. Some company, some companies actually have staff. So it depends on how big your race are, your races are. Some companies are staff of four, um, Running nurse explained it's just her, but she does have contract type positions for races. And then sometimes she just has people that volunteer, but some companies actually have full-time salaried staff. So if you're paying for a salary staff, I'm sure they're not making 20 K like, and even still 20 K is a lot of money. But when you're talking about salaries, it's a lot more. Um, You have post-race food. So when y'all, when we're talking about Mm -hmm. cookies and snacks and bananas, that stuff, a lot of times is not free. I think that sometimes we think that it's just, donated from somewhere but more than likely it's not um you have your bib purchases you have the venues so a lot of times there is um you have some kind of setup area that's connected to the venue so if there's a parking lot blocked off or something of that nature you may have to pay for that area or venue to be done you have race insurance you have your djs you have your trash you have your porter potties you have like I think we underestimate because we may not see all of these things, everything that's done. You have your police officers test really focused on that. These police officers, they are not cheap. So when you all run past these police officers and you're like, thanks for being out here, honey, they not volunteering. They are getting paid. Big time. Yes. And they are getting paid. Nothing wrong. Hey, police officers. That's (laughs) India talking about Um, y'all. I don't care about talking about police officers. (laughs) Nothing against the police officers, but yes, they are paid. paid. They're not volunteering. So we can't assume like that is an expense that Mm -hmm. is provided um, and that has to be paid. So and then along with that, we have timing and scoring your chip time and you know you know some of us runners we get bougie if we if it's not a time race but that's an extra expense yeah right so time races um any platform software to manage the race so there are some some platforms that you have to pay into a monthly or yearly Mm -hmm. subscription to pay into to make sure it's done and of course if i didn't say it already medics any if any if you need ambulance or anybody kind of any kind of medics Mm -hmm. out there that's kind of connected to police officers but sometimes separate and then you have your marketing campaigns so those are just a simple list of what it costs to kind of put on these races that i think behind the scenes we don't ever understand or think about about. all that kind of crazy yes and it's like you don't even think about that those things most of the time you have to pay for those things and these people are contractually bound to this service being provided so what that means is most of the time your races they're telling you a year out that a race is going to happen so as soon as the race happens they're like all right next year the race is da 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 but that's because they have signed contracts already they have communicated with vendors they have already gotten permits they've already done these things and that money is front loaded before y'all even pay for your little $35 blitz let me tell you something I have looked into trying to do a race Mm -hmm. when I figured it out I sat down 
figured it, you know, did all the numbers. I was like, how do they make any money? Because mm-hmm. it is expensive to yeah. put on a race. And Tess, Tess explained it. Of course, Tess is the founder and owner of Running Nerds mm-hmm. um, and Run Social. And so she does race directing. But she was completely upfront that the first couple of years of Run, it's not we're not they're not out here taking making coins and having this huge profit like yeah. the cost to put on these races is enough yeah let alone anything else like it really does cost money exactly so i think we have to really take a step back and understand that when we are frustrated with these races these the <clears throat> excuse me the individuals that are putting on these races they're small businesses yeah they're not big a majority are not big corporations yeah. so your companies like Boston, Tokyo and stuff that can postpone or yeah. do something different. They have the money coming in, right? Yeah. And it's not from our registrations. Mm-hmm. It is it is because they have connected with other outside forces to be able to obtain the money. And then what you also have to understand is that some of these races are also charity based. So the money that they're obtaining is through sponsorships. We don't know if some of these sponsorships say, well, hey, your event didn't go on. I want my money back. And yeah, then what? true. I hope it's in the contract. Right. Um, and so I think yeah. that those are contractual things that we underestimate and we expect for services to still be provided for us. But a whole bunch of service and money has been put out that we have not reaped the benefits for either. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I, I you know, people can complain. I understand. I understand frustration. Mm-hmm. I understand all of that. But I mean, in the end, well, for me anyway. Uh, I think I paid fifty dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. If I can't afford to lose fifty dollars, I don't need to be signing up for the race. That's the true story. I, mean, I didn't even think know. about it. Like, but yeah. I, I think that when I was talking to Tess Tommy, honestly, yeah. I said the same thing. I said I'm probably about three hundred ish dollars in the hole yeah. for twenty for twenty twenty mm-hmm. already when it comes to races. But honey, I could fork out another three hundred today if it was if it was needed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not hurting for that. Yeah. It it it's frustrating when you can't produce it, and this is our livelihood. Like I enjoy running, and mm-hmm. something you get excited and look forward to. But at the end of the day, it's not hurting me. My bills are paid. I could do it again and forfeit mm-hmm. again, but I wouldn't like to. No. And yeah. I'd stop registering for races now, but I would do it again if I you know say yeah. if I needed to because this is what I enjoy. Exactly. Now, Tommy, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When you register for your races, do you usually do race insurance? Uh, I don't think they have race. I didn't even know they had race insurance. See? See? Oh, Active does. So Active does. Yeah. Got- <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a tickle in my throat. Mm. I'm good. No, um, no COVID. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> the hazmat team is I'm coming just- through the door. <laughs> I just because I'm talking. Go ahead. I'm good. Mm. Um, So... There are some races that provide race insurance. And a lot of times it's usually between 10 to 15, sometimes $20 on top of your race fee. True, that's true. And it is insurance. And so I think that, I know for me, I don't think I've ever done a race insurance. Because in our mind, we automatically assume that the race is happening. This is very foreign to us about races being canceled, right? But I I just want to let our listeners know, sometimes there are races in more... More so on Active.com and other platforms that they do have race insurance. Maybe you all should think about that going forward if it is there. Now, the other thing is when we're registering, a lot of times we're just clicking, right? We ain't paying attention. We're not paying attention to the waiver that you're signing. You just sign and you're saying, okay, let me get to the bottom and press sign. In that waiver, majority of these, if all of these races, majority of them talk about non-refundable race. Mm-hmm. And so I know that a lot of us are frustrated and pissed off, but it was in the waiver that you signed. And that is the uh, one of the biggest reasons why some of these race directors are like, 
you sign the waiver. Like some of them are like, I'm not, I can't refund your money back. Not only because I've done all this front loading, but it was there and you were aware. But I think that that's also something that we fail to do, which is read what we're signing. Nobody reads anymore. Mm -hmm. Nobody does. And I think that some of these big races, so something else that was mentioned is, Unless your race director has a good relationship with these vendors, a lot of times the vendors are still going to either expect their money back or they may not be as flexible with changing dates and postponing. Like they may not just be able to, but also a lot of them ask for money up front to pay for these things if you're not a reputable or you're not a well-known race director. Mm-hmm. And they're I'm like, you know what? I need my full amount up front and it's non-refundable. So when the race directors can't get a venue refunded, how can they refund runners? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm just wanting to give, I guess, a different perspective from a race director side, kind of what it looks like. I am in the book of having my races canceled and not being refunded. But I think that there it is a holistic picture. And it's just the fact that we are able to run tomorrow, run today if we needed to, being that you're still alive and can still push through. There you go. There you go. But um, hopefully all the dates that we gave will stay you know mm-hmm. we'll at least get these runs done mm-hmm. hopefully um everyone including the elites including everyone will mm-hmm. get to run these races so that's that's what i'm hoping for right now yeah and of course there are a lot of a lot of companies right now are going towards virtual racing that is being seen as a, a, a option so some people are deferring races for the next year some people are returning races some people are also um providing your medal and your bib and your t-shirt like Selma to Montgomery is, and you can do a virtual race. Yeah. So, and virtual races are out there. I don't think that they're, they have, I know it never was really popular for me because I like racing with the crowd, Yeah. but the ability to just get the miles in and still get rewarded for putting those miles in is great because I'm not one of those people that puts up a, a medal on my metal rack if I didn't run the race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, it was something about racing, I guess. Oh, virtual so actually not only running but um i'm i'm a, I, I belong to planet fitness mm-hmm. um mainly because i f- keep forgetting to cancel it but anyway i belong to planet <laughs> fitness because i probably hadn't stepped in there and i don't mm-hmm. know how long but i belong to planet fitness and they actually sent me a thing where they're gonna have they have like live workouts yes. on facebook live mm-hmm. as well as they have an app where you have so everybody's trying to find a way to kind of keep you moving mm-hmm yeah, I mean, and I think that if 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 these race directors would be able to postpone and, and shift to something else, they would. I mean, and, and if you think about it, a majority of these race directors are runners, so they don't want to see a race canceled. No, so, no. But it is good how I think I heard someone say, let's pivot and not just stop. Like, let's pivot to something else. It is definitely a change for everyone, but running is still there. You can still move your feet. You can still move your legs. And that just racing may not be an option. And I think we'll just pay closer attention to running insurance now. We may do more virtual races. Um, some races are still taking registration, like Atlanta Track Club, Peachtree Road Race. Sign up for the Peachtree Road Race, yes, y'all. Yes, it is still taking place. So you'll have until the, the yeah. 30th, um, mm-hmm. 15th through the 30th, to be able to sign up for the Peachtree Road Race. There has not been any announcements of that one that being canceled. That is on July 4th. Oh, I'm running it regardless. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be out. Even if they cancel it, I'm going to go it. Oh, yeah, because we Linux. know the route. Exactly. I'm going to go in front of Linux. Because the thing about Peachtree Road Race, and I think plenty of people mm-hmm. will do that, mm-hmm. we know the route, yeah. and we run on the route anyway to train. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, I'm sure it'll be a group of us. We just need to <laughs> be spread out along exactly. the road. And we're going to run it. <laughs> and, and we're going to run the Peachtree Road Race. I'm going to need Jay Holder to be out there with my shirt. <laughs> right. We got up and tell Jay. Like, yo, 
I'm still running. And Jay, I need you there with my shirt Jay regardless. Jay needs to be at Peabody Park <laughs> exactly. giving us our shirt. So definitely. So one thing is definitely register for the Peachtree Road Race. If you signed up, if you are a member and you renewed or signed up to be a member by September, by February 1st, you have guaranteed entry. You still have to pay for it, which is $35 per, plus your fees. But you can sign up uh, and do that. And the lottery is open at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Because so, I already, I've already, I'm a member. I already signed up. And and the main reason I signed up is because, number one, the main reason I'm a Atlanta Track Club member is because of what they do with youth running. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big um, proponent of that. Uh just like the person we're getting ready to talk to, but I'm a big proponent of that, of youth running. So, you know what, Jay, y'all can have my $57 even if y'all don't have it. You know, yes, go ahead. Yes, yes, And I'll be sad. I'll yeah. be sad if we can't do it because I've been running since 2008, but it, it will be all for a good cause. Exactly, so, exactly. Let me do this one last mm-hmm. thing. I wanted to say, I know I mentioned Selma to Montgomery. The race director actually gave me a verbal call last night um, over the phone to apologize for the race mm-hmm. not going on. And I just wanted to say, I know that that was a very kind gesture, and I just wanted to acknowledge that that did take place so. okay that's good yeah. and guys just stay active and make it fun you know yeah. what go to kroger grab toilet tissue out of somebody's bag and try <laughs> and to run, run out and run and see if you can get away y'all just don't listen to him don't active. get the charge listening stay, to him stay active see, that's, do your, that's how you do your sprint that's, yeah, that's how you sprint in. <laughs> go ahead and do that Get your sprint Anyway. I cannot. Don't listen to him and get um, charged with something. Be like, Tommy from the run duo said. Because Tommy not coming to get you out of jail. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, but we got a great guest coming up. Yes. So we have Kate Arsenal from Runner coming up. So definitely stay tuned. Hey, what's up, guys? So we are back for another great episode, and we have Kate Arsenal here on um, the Run Duo podcast, and she is the founder of Runner. Hello, Kate. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. So I am super excited because I um, am a part of the Runner team, and I am so excited. I've had – it's so funny, Kate, over the last – I would say the last couple weeks, I've had some people DM me. So tell me a little bit about Runner. Of course, I had to tell them how much I love you guys and how welcoming you are. But, of course, we want to get more background, and because you are the founder of Runner, tell us what Runner is, and also tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's start with Runner first, like, what is Runner? And when they see Runner, what do they see? Uh, so I started Runner because I felt like there wasn't an apparel brand that highlighted the fun of running. So I believe so much that the running community is made up of like some awesome, awesome people. And while running is like an individual sport, it's the community that makes the sport of running special. It's like why people keep coming back. You know, running's not always fun. It's not a, it's not always easy, right? Yeah. But the people you meet while doing it just like, you know, make those tough smiles so much easier. Mm-hmm. So runner's all about celebrating just being a runner. That's nice. great. That's mm-hmm. great. So and I know you said you started because you saw that there was an apparel that you said it was fun. But was it like uh aha moment that you had? Like were you mm-hmm. doing something? Were you running at the time? It was like, you know what, this would be perfect. Yeah, you know, um, my husband and I were running a trail marathon out in Colorado and we were like, you know, somewhere in those like last painful miles. <laughs> and um, we we used to be kind of competitive runners. And then we we're like, you know what, this one, we're just going out and having fun. Mm. And uh, uh, my husband said, I'm not going out for time. I'm going out for a good time. And I was like, you know what, that's, that's like such a great 
example of what running is. Like, mm-hmm. it's all about having a good time, no matter what your speed is or what, you know, what distance you run. So that kind of like got us thinking and we were like, Hey, you know, there, we need to do more to celebrate that running is fun and just something that's, that's great to do at any level. Right. And I think that that's something that I love about you also. I have been able to, you all have um, Sunday, what you all call Sunday service. That's correct. So that is basically a run group that you all link up on a particular, um, at a particular trail, whether it be pavement, trail, just on the roads. You all pick different Sundays to kind of link up as a crew and go out for a run. Is that correct? Yeah. So we pick uh, every month it's a different spot. So we want to highlight the different areas around Atlanta that are great to run. And it also encourages people from different parts of the Atlanta area um, to come out and join us. And we call it Sunday service because it's like running is it's kind of a ritual. It's kind of that time that people take to find find peace and guidance and, and that. So that's how we came up with Sunday service. And um, we also, part of it too, is introducing people to different places to run whether it be trail or um, pavement, like you said. Right. And I think that is awesome. So of course I'm born and raised in Atlanta and I've run at Piedmont Park several times, but when I did Sunday service with them, we did a back trail to be through Piedmont Park. (laughs) That obviously was a part of some pieces of Piedmont Park that I've ran in before, but it was like a trail area. Then it connected behind was, what is that? The tavern right there by peach, the belt line and 10th street. Yeah. When you cross the street from the belt line. Yeah. So it ended up behind there and I've seen that little path, but I've never, never been back there so it's so funny that I was able to see a different part of Piedmont Park that I had not ran and it was enjoyable and Kate hung back with me and we had conversation (laughs) and we talked and we walked and you know we just did our thing and it was just really good and I would just say that the runner crew is very welcoming um everyone is really nice you can tell there's a plethora of experiences as well and and I think what I love too is not just road racing like a lot of the individuals are doing ultras they're doing trail races and mm-hmm. I think or running and I think that that is that is amazing amongst it all yeah we we really just want to make make it so that everyone like like I said every pace every distance feels comfortable and coming out and just taking time to like socialize and and help build that running community so yeah and if you can I'm an Atlanta native too, and I've even recently learned about new trails and new places to go um, by by meeting different runners. So we're gonna we just highlighted one of those at the Southside um, Trails last month, and to to partner with different groups to to help you know build those trail systems. Right. So tell us, and obviously, if any of our listeners go to the website, you will see that Runner is majority, it's it's an apparel company. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the apparel, what you all sell, and what does it go towards? Yeah, so um, our, we're currently have two different hat styleways, um, and we're, we'll be launching more this year. Um, but the fabrics that we use and the materials that we use are really important to us. Um, and how the product performs. So we handpicked all of the fabrics. We did multiple sample runs. We've tested these things through 100 milers. We've thrown them in the wash. They've been run over by cars. You know, we've done everything (laughs) to, like, we know that runners, like, love their gear, but are also pretty darn tough on it, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we wanted to make sure that we had a super quality product um, that worked for what runners have to throw at it, which can be a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, um, and so it, you know, 
we made sure they have like sun protection and wicking materials to help you to help out in the heat too. Um, and then what we're doing is a portion of um, our profits go to supporting and growing youth running programs. So my original background is actually in special education. Um, I taught for several years in the middle school and high school classroom. And I got recruited to be a running coach just because I was a runner, mm-hmm. not because I had any special coaching experience or anything like that. But mm-hmm. there was a need for coaching and it wasn't there. And kids didn't know about um, the running programs that their schools offered. Mm-hmm. They didn't even honestly know that running was a sport. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it, which is crazy to me because kids love to run yes. just naturally. Mm-hmm. You go to mm-hmm. any school. Kids run down the hallway. They yeah, run, they're like, they stop run running. And y'all hear, stop running. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. How many times did I yell that as a teacher, right? <laughs> but, so I, I worked really hard to try and like harness that energy and get those kids into organized um, track and cross country programs. Mm-hmm. But what I found is that they didn't have the means to do it, whether it be transportation or gear. A lot of kids were out in Converse shoes and khakis, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I personally bought kids a lot of shoes and clothes and snacks and race entry fees and whatever so that they could learn about running and like, you know, get involved in the sport. Mm-hmm. So, um, part of the proceeds that runner does goes into building these youth running programs and get more kids running. That's great. Awesome. I mean, the, the youth part is, is great. I also really appreciate the fact you talked about, the the gear that you sell um mm-hmm. the apparel and that you test it out because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people start these running you know I'm, I'm using air quotes these running companies but they just put like something on a shirt and then you go out and run in it and you know mm-hmm. you're, you're you're bleeding you're chafing. exactly yeah, stuff like that so <laughs> yeah. it's good to hear you know a runner who understands mm-hmm. that because i mean literally kate i got like two shirts i'll run over 13 miles in just because mm-hmm. i know those are the two shirts that i'm not going to chafe and stuff so i definitely appreciate that i'm sure our listeners do as well mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're working right now on building a singlet too for the spring that's coming out. I can't out. wait for that. Um, and so we're partnering with uh, specialty running shops to do a singlet for them too. So it'll be um, in stores and online. But we tested 10 different fits of singlets, pulled hundreds of different fabric samples. I mean, we've worked really hard to get this to be like a, a wear all day you know, no issues tank top. So yeah, that's a really important part about our brand too, is making sure it's quality apparel that works. Right. And I think what I enjoyed too, is that you all were looking at kind of how does it fit? Is it boxy? Is it going to match some, it, because I feel like some, uh, some brands put out unisex attire and it just doesn't fit for men and women. Like, of course, men and women, women have chests. There's a little bit that can poke <laughs> out the side or you're going to have the side cleavage or you're going to have like, it's just, you know, there's a lot of different things that come with apparel. And I think that it's important that and good that you all are kind of vetting out all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's been really um, interesting and fun to learn about people with hats and you know head sizes and mm-hmm. how people wear them and with hair and no hair so right. yeah it's um we're trying to make it find stuff that you know works for most people and and really cater to everybody right and something that i love so again i know you all will probably i've posted several times on my page about runner but you will always see when i wear my runner hat i have the bib flipped up i don't know what it is i don't do that with any of my other running hats but with runner running hats all of my bibs are flipped 
flipped up and I just absolutely love it and I feel like it's like a coin thing with y'all with your hats now because I feel when everybody was at Rungers I feel like everyone had their bib flipped up and I love it I love it yes and was that something that like how did that get started was that just something that somebody did it and everyone kind of ran with it or what was it with that yeah we just thought like how can we add a little a little fun twist on things because as a as a trail runner um, a lot of times you want to have to protect you from things, but you still need to be able to see your feet in front of you, right? So people flip your brim up and it covers the, you know, the front panel of the hat. So you're like, well, what can we do to still add something fun, you know, when you have, when you're running and you have to have it flipped up. So yeah, we threw some designs on the bottom to keep it interesting. Yes, so I definitely love that because right underneath the bottom it says runner yeah, R N N R, and you can see it's pretty it's cool. definitely fun. I like it. <laughs> it's definitely cool. So I've recently, um, as if I needed to add any more hats to my <laughs> listen, Kate. I am moving, and I counted how many hats I have. What, could y'all guess how many hats I have? Like twenty. I have thirty-two hats. Wow. I was gonna say thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I have 32 hats and it's like, do you really need any more hats? But like, listen, I'm like, it is what it is. I just recently got two other ones and I'm like, thanks. And I still have my eyes on some other ones. So, but you know, you always need different hats for different things. So yes, definitely. And something that um, I thought about Kate, when you were mentioning the youth running, I find that a lot of times youth get connected with running through other sports because they need to condition. So I found, I found that when I was in high school, in middle school, it was the football players were running track only because they needed to condition for the season or vice versa or basketball players. And it kind of made them, their thought of running was connected to having to do it to get to another sport and not the fact that this is a sport that you could actually enjoy. So I really... I really like and appreciate that runner is focusing on that and just kind of educating. Cause if we don't, um, what's the word I'm trying to find, if we don't show them a sport, if we don't give them exposure, exposure. So that's the word. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's been a long day. If we don't, <laughs> if we don't give them exposure to the sport, then how do they know? And how can they begin to like it? And how can we, you know, get people and kids on the pavement if we don't expose them to it? Exactly. Now, Kate, h- how were you exposed to running? Because I know you mentioned earlier that you and your husband were kind of kind of competitive. <laughs> so I'm not sure what kind of competitive means. She threw that in there. <laughs> so how did you get exposed to running? Yeah. So my middle school actually backed up um, to a rec center that had like a, a 5K loop gravel trail. And I was probably the only middle schooler who after school went and ran a 5K every day before because I had time before I went to basketball practice. So that's what I did. Um, And I just, I enjoyed doing it. And then in my eighth grade year, they had a um, uh, competition. It was who can run the fastest mile, Mm. boy and girl. And whoever did got to light the torch and run through the downtown of our, our city oh, and wow. the Olympics for our school. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I was like, I don't know how fast I can run a mile. I've never tried to run a mile, but I went out and I sprinted my heart out and I got to do it. And that was like such a reward for me to be able to see that, like, you know, I've kind of been training for it, not knowing. And I, so it was, it, it was pretty cool. It was like my first introduction to actually doing some sort of running. Um, and then, like you mentioned, India, I, 
I played basketball because that was kind of like what people did where I grew up. That was a sport you mm-hmm. did. People didn't do running as a sport. So I ran with a cross country team um, on the side. And then I really fell in love with it when I was in college and found that, you know, it was something I could do that I enjoyed, that it got me kind of away from things in a break. And um, I just, I'm, I'm, like I said, a kind of competitive person. Um, so then I started doing races and, and, you know, challenging myself. And I actually met my husband at a race. Nice. And I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, we were smack talking, walking up to the start line of this race. <laughs> and his line was try and keep up. Ooh. I'll give it to him. He won that one. But um <laughs> But like how anyway. much? Was it like neck to neck or what? Tell us. He more likes to that. he likes to say that he was waiting at the finish line with a cup of water for oh, me. I don't know wow. that it was that far yes. in advance. I think they hand you water when they finish, you know. <laughs> was it like a five K? Um, what kind of race was it? Yeah, it was it was a trail race oh, um, okay. up in North Georgia that okay. we met on the bus on the way there. Um right and started the snack talking. So yeah. And then our, our, you know, whole relationship was kind of built on, on running and that's what we've always done. So, you know, as an adult too, you get out of, you can't, you can't play basketball your whole life. I mean, you can, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more limited, right? And you have Mm -hmm. a lot more, like you have to count on other people to do it and have seats and everything. So running is like a lifelong sport. So Mm -hmm. it's something that I've, I've fallen into, you know, after college and and love and plan to do as long as I possibly can. Awesome. That's a good story. Yes, it is a good story. <laughs> yeah. So what so of course we know right now running is running is not on hold but obviously racing is kind of on hold right now. But kind of what are you doing now? Conditioning, getting, you know, just kind of keeping a base. What's what's your running looking like right now? Um so running right now is trying to get as much time outside as, as humanly possible. Um, I have a three month old right now and a three year old, um, three month and three year old. Yeah. So it's a little, um, hectic and crazy around here sometimes, but that was, it's another thing I love about running too, right? You can always run. So it may not be easy, but I just got done pushing, you know, the double stroller and Mm. getting my miles in for some time. So, Mm -hmm. um, my spring races were canceled, but, um, you know, I don't know. We'll figure it out, get something, you know, something will be on the calendar for fall. Just trying to get back, get back into it. The longer distances after having, um, my daughter. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I will give you all the kudos. Cause when we went out to Sunday service, I don't, I don't remember how old your daughter was, but I was like, you just had a baby like yesterday. What are you? <laughs> and she was, you seem just fine, but I'm sure it was um, a different feeling for you um, as a woman. I don't have kids, but I can only imagine. I know it's a transition to get back to the pavement. So congratulations and good job on oh, staying you. dedicated to it. No, I have a nine month old. I can't imagine <laughs> having two. I mean, you know, I mean, do you and your husband, like I, I hear you said you have the double stroll. So I'm assuming at one point you just had a single stroller that you were pushing we had a single stroller yep mm. now we've upgraded to the double <laughs> so do you always push it or you guys go back and forth i'm just asking for a friend because i like i said i got an answer <laughs> so i'm trying to figure out how we can work this out we uh we tag team so uh-huh. like he ran today without the stroller okay he went running by himself 
and then I went running with both kids, you know, so yeah. that we each, and then, you know, we'll switch or whatever. Yeah. Cause I, I enjoy it. I like taking the kids out. It's a good challenge. You know, it's like running with sleds mm. up some hills, you know, yeah. so mm. it's a, it's a different workout. And, uh, but yeah, we rotate if we run together, you know, we go back and forth pushing. So, yeah. So it when did out. you, uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm going to take over this interview. Um, <laughs> when did you start putting your, uh, the chat? I mean, I guess the three month old is in a double stroller. So, because they told me I couldn't do it for a certain amount of time. But when did you actually start pushing the first child in the stroller? Um, when he was one month old. And oh, I've gotten wow. I've, I've gotten a lot of, you know, backlash for it. But the reason why I felt comfortable doing it is I have a serious, like, truly jogging stroller. Yeah. And he's in the car seat, right? Yeah. Um, so they have the car seat support. And mm-hmm. then I only run on, like, the belt line. That okay. is super yeah. flat. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's it's smoother than driving in a car on Atlanta street. So, um, right. you know, I, I take, yeah, I take, I take precautions to make sure that, you know, the kids are safe when I'm, of course, of course. Yeah. Do they seem to enjoy it? They have the best time. I mean, I was like eight months pregnant with my daughter and my son was pushing him in the stroller and he was faster, mom, faster. And I'm like, I can't go <laughs> oh any faster, God. buddy. I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying, you know. And then my daughter just looks at everything and, mm-hmm. you know, laughs the whole time. So she enjoys it too. Oh, Both kids great. love the run. Okay. Yeah. I'll give the interview back to you. Right, just, I had to get, I'm done. sorry. I had to get that information. Look at, listen, okay. New dad. So he's like, give me all the deeds. Give me all the information. Exactly. But that's hey, awesome. it's, it's something, yeah, it's something you have to like, you know, learn to balance. It's a new different thing, but, um, it's fun to include them. And, you know, my son goes, I want to be a runner. And he just runs oh, that's laps around our house. So, oh, you know, great. I feel like it, it, by taking them with me and, um, we take him to the races and he likes to cheer his papa on, you know, finishing and at the different aid stations. And, um, so it's, it's nice to put them around an environment that, you know, they see what running is and they are, you know, wanting to do that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And I just think that it's great. And that just shows how you all are working on also just building community and building, building it up and exposing them to what running is. Um, and I, I went, uh, was it two weeks ago or so that we did, I went with runner to, um, help me out, Kate. What was the it? Iron Woman? Was it the no. Iron Woman? I wasn't thinking about that. The volunteering at the, it oh, was a Marietta. Yeah, at the- yeah, it was at the Red Hair Brewing yes. uh, 5K. Yes, yeah. so the Red Hair Brewing 5K was really great and just being able to cheer individuals on. And, you know, it was just great to be in a space that it was obviously a smaller race compared to some other races. But those races is when you can really get to talk to people and, like, explain to them the brand. And I just really in lo- loved and saw just how exciting everybody was just to like, oh, what is Runner and what is what is the company about? out and fill in the products and like you know what this is an amazing soft shirt and this is fun and exciting but then also we stepped away from the table for a moment and we cheer- we cheered the race on and so I think yeah. that it's great that as a company it's not just just about apparel it's about the community and the engagement and cheering people on as well so I want to tell you thank you and I appreciate that about you guys. absolutely and then we're we're you know we had a pretty big race schedule that where we were just going to be out volunteering and mm-hmm. cheering and doing aid stations as well as like, you know, 
setting up um, as vendors. So unfortunately, a lot of our spring races, you know, are not happening, but we're, we're looking forward to like the peach tree and some other events later in the year that will, will be vendors and cheering for. So um, yeah, hopefully we can get out there and be cheering everyone on soon. And we're also looking at, um, cause I know it's really tough right now for runners, mm-hmm. you know, not to have that community and those group runs and those races that people have worked so hard for. So, um, we're in the works of coming up with a quarantine running exercise challenge um, nice. for runners. So yeah, stay tuned on that one, but we're, we're putting together some stuff for that. Awesome. So hopefully keep everybody's spirits high and, you know, mm-hmm. keep that community going. Right. Yeah. Cause I know, I feel like a lot of people are going through withdrawals, <laughs> especially, <laughs> yeah. right, especially people that are racers. Like I understand that there's a difference between someone that, that runs versus a racer. Like there's people that don't mm-hmm. race at all, but they run. But, you know, I think people that even like just, just run outside, some people are nervous to go outside. Um, I'm not yeah. one of those, but <laughs> some people are nervous to go outside. So, but I totally understand. Well, thank you, Kate. I really appreciate yeah, it. Is there anything else that you would love to tell us about Runner? Did we miss anything for for you? Any anything that else that we should be looking for um, with Runner or yourself? Um, just one thing I did want to mention about our youth running programs that mm-hmm. we're working on building. We're working um, with local schools. We're going in and volunteering to help um, get kids running. We're helping support the school's current running programs. And then we'll be hosting a or putting on a running camp um, in July for kids five through twelve um, to teach them all things running, nutrition, track, cross country, stretching, strengthening, and everything. So it'll be a good introductory um, thing for kids who are interested in running or whose parents want to <laughs> get you know expose their kids to running. So we'll be having uh, more information coming up on our website about that. We're just a little bit on hold with everything, you know, going on, but Mm -hmm. it's not till July. So we hope that that won't be impacted. We can get a bunch of um, kids and families out to that. Awesome. Perfect. Sounds great. And of course, before you go, go ahead and see, tell people how number one, they can find the apparel as well as follow you, you know, on all your social media, you know, uh, outlets. Yeah. So you can find us online at rnnr.com. So runner with no vowels. And then we're on Instagram at rnnr.co. And then our Instagram is where we highlight a lot of the stuff that we're doing um, weekly, monthly, you know, stuff we'll be at. Um, And then our website, if you sign up for the email list, we do not blast out a lot of stuff, but we do send out, um, you know, some some discount codes as well as, again, how you can get involved with Runner and, and join us from some of our Sunday service runs or what races we'll be at. Um, so, yeah. Yes. And if you would like to purchase some apparel, y'all can use my code RNNR India and get 15% off. So go check Absolutely. that out. Yes. <laughs> Definitely go check that out. Well, thank you so much, Kate. And I will thank see you, you guys. soon. You did an awesome job. We are very excited <laughs> for you guys. And we can't Thanks. wait until everything clears up and to get out you there with get it really rolling yeah, right because <laughs> there's Absolutely. some good stuff coming yeah. down the pipe i know i know we've got some great stuff in store so i'm hoping you know it's not we're not all quarantined for too long and we can get out with everybody just exactly. take it as this downtime is the time to fine-tune everything so when it's time to open yes. up the gates you're ready to go 
Right. Lots of stretching, lots of yoga, get that extra relaxing in. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kate. And we will thank be seeing you, you soon. Thank you, Kate. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. What a great interview. Oh my gosh, she's so awesome. Don't you see why I love her? She's so yes, awesome. Yes, indeed. She is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she gave out our information. Guys, go check her out. Yes. Check out the apparel. Um, and, you know, help, help you. Like I said, I love Seeing people who help with youth running. Mm-hmm. It, it's great exposing them. I'm going to go grab me a um, a baby stroller here in just a little bit. And we mm-hmm. put Trey, me and Trey about to hit that road. <laughs> Trey going to be looking like, why yeah, you like, got me out here bouncing around, daddy? <laughs> Trey, Trey already holds on. Like when we're in the regular stroller, he hold on like you go. <laughs> Going too fast already. I can't imagine what he would be like if I was running with him. But India. Yes. So you can find me on social media at I underscore of underscore indigo underscore runs. I know it's a lot, but it's I of indigo runs. And you can find me on Facebook at India Cook. And if you would like to shoot me over an email, you can send me a message at milesfromindia at gmail.com. And you can catch me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two, at gmail.com and tmitch68 on Instagram. And, of course, the Run Duo Instagram DM is there if you got any questions. Yes. So definitely see you all soon. And we gave you all some back-to-back. So hopefully you listen to episode 53, the two-parter. And we'll see you all in two weeks. Yes, indeedy. Be safe.